Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. My name is Matt Norman. And I'm Will Huebner. And this is the podcast where we ask each other questions and we try to answer them. But we don't always answer them the best way. That's because we are professional disasters. We are professionals. We are adults. But we are still figuring it out. And today we have a special guest with us that we're really excited about. Not just because he works with me. He's a great youth pastor. He's a great dude. He's also mm-hmm. a fellow nerd, so we're excited to have him. Today we have... Evan Eikoff. Hi, guys. <laughs> and that's how you, you say it. Eikoff. 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 Yep. You cough. It's a COVID name. Because Co- <laughs> I cough. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> oh, you've been waiting to use that joke for a long time, haven't you? I've used it for the past three years. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's your, it's your COVID joke, man. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have Evan here. We, we didn't do this, so um, if you do have anything for us, if you'd like to get a hold of us, if you'd okay. like to give us any type of question or whatnot, you can reach out to us uh, by email at profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Now, I found a, this out with my wife that it's really important that you put the 2023 on there. It's also really important that you do at Gmail, because if you do at Yahoo!, it doesn't come to us. It goes we, somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know where it goes, but it doesn't come to us. But we really and but she did email us, so I you know so I can't I can't be too too harsh, and we appreciate it. Uh, but if you want to reach out, if you want to give us suggestions, topics, any of that kind of stuff, um, man, please do. Mm-hmm. We love seeing that stuff. If you if you want to also put in there how much you love us, that that's also good. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> everybody loves to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, go. Yeah, it. man. All right, we're going to jump right in. Today's warm-up question is this. And I don't know who's going to go first, but it's okay. I think we're all ready for this. If you could go back in time and witness a biblical event, which event would you choose? I'll start us off. So I would start, I would I would want to go back. This might seem like a little bit of a basic answer, but I just, I, I want to go back and see things uh from the time of jesus's ministry on earth that's mm-hmm. just i i just kind of thought about all the different crazy things that have happened uh as as portrayed in the bible and i'm just like man to be in the presence of jesus as he's kind of you know working on this earth is just just so amazing so i i kind of settled in on the sermon on the mount i just mm. feel like that would be yeah, so be amazing be you would have you would get so much uh, you know, interesting teaching. And of course me, I would also, I just kind of want to look around and see how's everybody else reading this? Yeah. Mm. Is this, is this is crazy to everybody else is it, as we kind of realize it is, yeah. you know, so many years later, or how are you guys dealing with this? Mm. That would be a lot of fun. Have so. you ever seen life of Brian? Yes. I'd love Monty Python. Yeah. We, okay. There's a sermon on the Mount and like, there's all these people here yes. and like, they just yes. kind of like play into the fact that like how many people could like hear him really well. Like, did he just say, blessed are the cheese makers? I do remember that now that you mentioned it. I forgot all about that. Is he, does he like act like he doesn't know what's going on or is he actually like? No, I, oh yeah. I think okay. he's like, yeah, it's just making fun of it. Okay. Yeah. Blessed are the cheese makers. Oh, Which man, is, for great. those of you that don't know, it's, it's actually peacemakers. So. Oh. Yeah. You've been confused for a long time. You're like, what's cheese makers? These Christians ain't doing it, dude. Like, they're not making the cheese. They're not making any. I've long any said, cheese. why aren't we making more cheese? Everybody <laughs> just stares at me. We should. We should make more cheese. Honestly. All right, Evan. What about you? Um. Yeah, I've been, um, thinking about this. One of my favorite scenes, and I just think, it's just entertaining to me. One of the most entertaining scenes, is Elijah and the prophets of Baal, mm-hmm. when. He's just challenging all these prophets, and they're just making fools of themselves, like, like cutting cut, themselves, cutting themselves yeah. screaming out, trying to get this the the god Baal to. Yeah, that probably would be super entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then he's mocking them, oh, and he's yeah. like, 
what's your where's your god at like are yeah. you do you want to do you want to sacrifice more people like what are you gonna do yeah. <laughs> i just think it's so comical and then into more put like more salt on the wound he drenches his altar oh, yeah. with water puts like a trench around it soaks it and just like god smite this altar and then poof, just like so yeah. insane and he just like it is hilarious to think about that, especially if he is being especially uh, sarcastic or sassy oh, about yeah. it too, right? It's oh, like, yeah. oh man, guys, what, what's going on here? What's I don't happening? Know. Where's your God? What's yeah. happening? And then, yeah, like one second, he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and then just, and then, yeah, and then explosion. he, basically all those prophets, like, he just slaughters them after that, right? Like, yeah. that's basically yeah, what he does. Die. Yeah. So, cool story. I love Elijah. I think he's awesome. It's a lot of death. I just want to see the death. death. Well, there's it's a lot like, of death in the Bible. So usually, you're going to see that. When yeah. we're teaching this one in Sunday school, we kind of kind of end at the point where God's like, yeah, 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 here we go. And so Elijah proved to all the other yeah. prophets that, <laughs> he proved to that his God was the real God. And, and, and that's them. it. And we're done. We're that's done for it. today, guys. <laughs> so you're telling me there's, there's, not, there's not that lesson in children's ministry we talk about. Uh, with, I don't know if it's Elijah or Elisha where he curses those kids and they're killed by the she bears oh, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i've i've okay i did there was um we had a youth pastor that used to work here and i did um ask that question in front of all the kids to him why does that happen and uh he just kind of glared at me a little bit like, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough yeah. so well, future don't let matt sit on no. the lessons because he'll ask you a question like that okay Got you. I thought it was a pretty useful um, exercise. All right. I think it'd be fun. None of our normal people are going to be surprised by this, but I'm going to cheat and do two. But once, <laughs> once, once, super quick, I just, it would be mind blowing to watch Samson kill a thousand soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Like, I don't even, like, how does, what does that even look like? Like, how do you, like, did he just stand in one place and they just came to him? Like, it's like a video game. Just, they're just charging at him and he just stands there. But they're just like standing on a pile of bodies. Like, I, I just, or is he just like, a, like just rushing and just like, I don't know. Like, that would just be amazing to watch. Once it gets to like 900 guys, what do you think the, the, that last oh, 100 I, guys are yeah. thinking? It's like, I think I've got what it takes, there's, though. There's got to be somebody that goes, nah, yeah, I ain't about I'm this. Out. I don't like, I feel like after I saw him, like, Hit one dude in the head with a jawbone of a donkey, and he just was dead. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I'm not feeling this. this. Yeah, I like the picture of him as like throwing it like a boomerang, and then just killing like 400 people just in a line. Yeah, I don't think that happened. That'd be so cool. But why not? If we can go back, we'd be able to tell. (laughs) You'll be able to know. But I think if if I could pick one, only one, I don't know why. I've always been intrigued by this story, and I would want to experience the whole thing. I would want to experience the demon possessed man mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I would want to experience him. Uh, holy cow. I got to pause and re say this. Cause I was going to say something really awkward. I don't want to experience him naked, but he, <laughs> he was, he was crazy and naked and like screaming at people and like at the graveyard and like, he's just doing insane things. I would love to see the transition from the chaos to Jesus commanding the demons out of him into the pigs, the pigs running into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just imagine just like seeing a thousand pigs just off a cliff into the ocean and drowning? And then there's, here's this dude that was absolutely insane. Now he's got clothes on. He's talking like he knows what the heck's going on. I I, that, that whole story has always intrigued me to, to be able to, to, witness that would have just been incredible yeah it's a powerful I mean, it, story and it freaked out the people in the town as well because they're like can you go somewhere else Jeez. well yeah they were i i think they were mad because of the pigs oh yeah like we you just you just you just yeah. lost our bacon yeah. <laughs> i do ticked all the bacon is you can't have bacon we're never having bacon again because of this guy well, like, i think no. what got the they fished out the pigs they could eat bacon well, they had a lot of bacon had for a, a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to eat pork that's been possessed by a demon. Yeah, I don't know if you should do that. Yeah, mm, that seems boy. like a bad idea. Seems like a really good premise for like a young adult novel or something yeah. like that. Though, oh, yeah. people that ate that bacon, you know, <laughs> maybe make a spicy bacon. What happened with their descendants? You know, mm. is that a is that a hell joke? Yeah, like I don't know, just make it really hot or something. Yeah, like Devil's Kiss. That's probably like a. A hot sauce. 
<laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be it's something gotta like be. that boy just imagine yeah uh, that, that sorry the only the only bacon i eat is uh you know demon possessed bacon <laughs> demon it's the only one that's bacon. spicy enough for my taste <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to say on the package, hotter than hell. It's like, oh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> sorry, Tara. Yeah, I should have warned you. It's like they're, they're, I've already made several notes. Okay, don't, yeah. don't let Jeff listen during this one. <laughs> Will's talking about naked people or something. <laughs> <laughs> Will wants to experience a naked guy. I don't know what's going on here. We've lost all. <laughs> oh man. It's it's in, it's incredible how easy it is to embarrass yourself. Yeah. So glad to have you guys listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's transition to uh, the, the the question of the pod. I'll let I'll let Matt ask it, and we'll let Evan go first since he's our guest. Evan, really excited to have you on here. Thank you. Glad to have you here as a uh, fellow disaster. Um, <laughs> we're still workshopping that, as, uh, what we call our guests. But anyway, our question of the pod, and feel free to kind of take this however you want to, because it's it's a big, sprawling kind of topic. But the question of faith is one that I think we all think about uh, quite a lot. You guys do it, you know, professionally, I guess, or whatever. But uh, but it's something that somewhat that, professionally, of course. We yeah, we're all we're all kind of you know compelled by that very much, mm-hmm. and so. Our question for the pod today is, you know, what role should logic play in our faith? Or, or how do you see kind of the relationship between those two things? Yeah, um, hmm. I think ultimately, I mean, no matter where you go, and, and, me and me and Will talk about this a lot, is, I mean, in your beliefs, even as a Christian or an atheist, you have to have faith in something. I mean, I think faith is believing in something that mm-hmm. you can't see and it's it's been an interesting process for me because i think that logic is extremely important especially for believers mm-hmm. because i think i think a lot of churches don't give people the option to ask questions and to doubt mm-hmm. and what that ha- what causes that to happen is or that it's not okay to doubt it's not yeah. okay to doubt and so it's like, oh, well, then forget about logic. Let's just have faith in that unicorns are living in, in the world. And it's just like, well, no, there's there's logic. And I think there's a great balance of logic and faith in your life. And I've watched a lot of people um, personally. Um, there's people I've known who have lost faith completely mm-hmm. um, because of logic. And, and there's different processes that they've gone through, and I can— kind of go through that but there's this big thing that that's really popular today and it's the faith deconstruction um and i have just dived into that um just i think it's really good for any believer to see a deconstruction and see someone's thought process as they go through it because it challenges what how you view your relationship with god Mm -hmm. and it could either say okay is this true like is is this stuff that I believed in God even real? Or it's like, no, no, no. I, I'm secure in what I believe because this is what it is. There's mm-hmm. nothing that can shake this. Yeah. Um, and, and I have had low seasons where the doubts come and the questions come and they're very challenging. But as I prayed through it and contemplated through it and talked to people, um, I was able to almost strengthen my faith. Mm-hmm. And, and as yeah, like, not lose it. Yeah. And as like, as I grow as a Christian, there, there's emotions, and I feel the presence of God, and uh, I I love that. I love feeling the presence of God, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think the logic will come in, and when you don't feel God, then you can hold on to the truth, the, the what you know. Yeah. There's there's something really interesting with what you just said, and it lines up with one of one of the notes I've written down, and, and that is that. I've always felt like whether you're atheist, agnostic, or a theist, we we all we're all looking at the same facts, mm-hmm. but we're interpreting them differently. Sure. And to me, I think a lot of times what what happens is more than just interpreting. It's it's not necessarily that when we talk about logic, that that means that it's, it's all about reason. It's all strictly just about facts. But, but for me, 
It's my experience. Now, I understand mm-hmm. that my experience could be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that goes, well, this is my truth. Like, uh, that's mm-hmm. whatever the yeah. heck that means. <laughs> but just in the sense of, like, this was real to me. This mm-hmm. this is what I've seen. And I think that it, it, it goes to, like, what is the evidence in my life mm-hmm. of, of being able to see Jesus show up in, in so many different ways. And so it's, it's, it's more than just facts. It's more than just feeling, mm-hmm. but it, this is, this is what I've seen to be true in my life. And that to me seems to be the biggest difference between people that believe and don't believe, because that's, that's what I fall back on. Like when I'm wrestling with doubt, when I'm wrestling with logic, and and I just want to say that as a pastor, and and I'm sure that you guys both agree with me, I have doubts too. I think mm-hmm. anybody that tells you that they have no doubts is lying. Yeah. Or they're not they're not actually wrestling with like life. Mm-hmm. But I would say that what I fall back on is not like I'm really thankful that there's a lot of facts there, but what I fall back on is the moments where Jesus has stepped in and. Yeah. And like I experienced him to be real. Yeah. Well, I so one one thing that kind of ignited this whole just process for me is there's these YouTubers that I really like. Uh, they're Red and Link. Uh, they do Good Mythical Morning. They've got a podcast, uh, Ear Biscuits, and in their podcast, and I I watched them for years, like years. I saw them high school. I mm-hmm. listened to them all through college, and so this kind of just broke my heart a little bit. Like, as you watch somebody um, on YouTube, I mean, they're comedians, and they're just fun, and, and you just grow to enjoy them, respect them, and just value them, you mm-hmm. know? And I still, to this day, I love them. I, I love their content. I, I love um, who they are, but, I mean, a lot of their stuff has evolved more into adult-focused stuff, um, which I'm fine with. Um, but in Ear Biscuits, they did their deconstruction. They did, like several podcasts talking about how they used to be Christians. They used to be missionaries for Crusades for Christ. And as they've developed as entertainers, they have left the faith. And And they both go into different reasoning behind it, but um, I was just challenged, and I, I wanted to listen through this and just see where their their, their mindset went. Um, Link was, was really... It, it was... It was good to me. It, they were just two different, just different things. His was more emotional um, in the base of why would God, if he's good, let things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's, I, I get that question all the time. Even I even had a student. Why would, why would God harden the Pharaoh's heart mm-hmm. and have him killed, you know? And, and there's ultimately the, you're you're never gonna understand God's full plan, and and it, it it's, it's a great His lesson. Sovereignty. Yeah, and it's a great lesson for for students and people in general because it's like God is good, and why is this bad things happening? Why why did my sibling get hurt? Why did my grandma pass away? You know, it's like, well, you got to trust God with His plan, and and I tried to give a a good explanation because like at a funeral, you know. Like, usually the preacher gives a call to salvation, and the family comes together, and they're reunited in a way. And, like, you don't know the kind of things that God can do based on a hard situation or based Mm -hmm. on the way that you feel about things. You may be so frustrated because you don't see why God would do that. And, I mean, it's the same in the book of Job. Like, he doesn't understand, and he's like, I created everything. I You you cannot try to comprehend all the things that I— I think a lot of that struggle is— our inability to conceptualize what it means for God to not be bound by time mm-hmm. and Definitely. for him to be something, someone who existed always and always will exist. You know, we, we are stuck here on the timeline of earth. We have a birth date and we have a death date and we, we are all going to die. Yeah. And I think some, some of that sovereignty of God is he looks at our existence through the lens of eternity. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that I think seem harsh or maybe disconnected. And, and I think that 
you have to have the perspective of, okay, if I believe that God is all knowing and, and if I believe that he is all loving, I've, I've got to believe that he knows a little bit more than me and I got, I have to trust him. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that kind of jumps out to me about that as someone that, that struggled with my faith and and left the faith for a while. And then, um, as you, as you described, Evan kind of had to redefine what that looks like, um, for me is that, you know, there's a certain amount of trying to think of the right way to describe it. There's a certain amount of, you know, kind of lip service that it feels like you get when you when you confess to somebody, you know, I'm just having having struggle with this. So I guess my question for you in particular, Evan, but 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 honestly, anybody is just like, how do you how do you kind of make someone feel safe in that space where they're they're questioning things and and not like kind of immediately jumping to like, well, let me let me answer this question for you sure. because sometimes the answer isn't satisfying sure. to the person. Um, yeah. yeah. Some sometimes it's the opposite of satisfying. No. Yeah. What I've what I've found for me and <clears throat> the the kind of conclusion I came from praying and just just wrestling with this is um there is a Jesus that he, he existed. There's, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, so much history behind who he is and his existence. And, and there's just arguments of whether or not he was the Messiah and he, he died and he rose again, you know? And I just, in, in my brain, just seeing the evidence of his disciples being convinced, so convinced that they went all over the earth and they died yeah. for Were this. martyred. Yeah. And, and, I don't see anybody just dying for a lie that they they contrive themselves, you know. At least not that amount, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe one or two, but yeah, like, I mean, there's like sixteen, seventeen we know about. Yeah, and and it's just so many people were convinced of it, and and it's just such an evident move of the spirit. This little what was a cult at that time, mm-hmm. like, grew into something that invade eventually took the whole Roman Empire, sure. you know, and it's just like. That is insane, and that must be something real, or somebody else would have debunked it. And it's just, I think Jesus being here and doing what he said, and I think C.S. Lewis says he was either one of two yeah. things: he was either a maniac, or he was the son of God. Yeah, because he or a claimed, liar, or a liar. Yeah, I mean, because he claimed to be the son of God. Yeah. He he, just like I'm fulfilling the prophecies right here. Don't you see it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like. Okay, what do you believe then? I've always found the 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 kind of the the testimony of the lives of the the disciples of his followers mm-hmm. afterwards to be the most compelling thing for me. I I was like I can't think of like another event in human history where someone would would guard would, would guard a lie like, you know, to that extent that they would be put to death to it. Some of them, you know, decades after, mm-hmm. you know, he would have, you know, died and not been resurrected, I guess, in the in that, you know, that 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 story or whatever. Um so I think it's just I, it kind of goes back to some of what you you said before there's this idea that you know you have to you you have to kind of like find certain things as like the the unarguable facts right yeah. if you will you know that yeah. there was a person named Jesus of Nazareth who yeah. who was you know born and and raised on this in this world and then you know kind of Kind of then I think you get into reading the Bible in a way where, you know, okay, well, what are your questions about this? Mm-hmm. And and how how do you kind of, you know, like like where are the logical gaps, I guess, that yeah. are that are causing you to struggle with faith? Because I, I, my, my gaps came from the fact that I wasn't sure about certain things, especially relating to the Old Testament and, yeah. you know, the, the, the veracity of those those events that mm-hmm. seem so unfathomable and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know that it's productive to get into super specific examples on that, but just the idea about like, okay, but when you when you do read the Bible a little bit closer it will reveal answers to you yeah. too. There, you know, my faith kind of shifted from like being like, okay, well I just have to trust blindly to more like, you know, when you put in the work, you, you get the answers. God mm-hmm. reveals those to you. Um, it's it, to my mind, it's hard to kind of guide someone through that when they are, when they are struggling. We, we had um, an amazing guest speaker 
come and preach last August on the idea of doubting Thomas and mm. just this idea of where doubt comes who, from. Who is that guest speaker? Matt? I can't remember his name. Um, I just remember how incredible he was. <laughs> just so many, so many compliments and things like that afterwards. <laughs> just like wow. Um, but uh, the, one of the points that uh, I made in that message oh, was you. Was, I was uh, like, who was it? Um, <laughs> Was that I think doubt sometimes comes from other factors as much as anything else, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, my initial reaction to, to doubting Thomas as a, as a child was like, oh, foolish, proud Thomas, you know, yeah. like he's just, but, but, you know, also recognizing that, you know, he's in a process of grief and fear and, you know, uncertainty and all of these yeah. things. And it's like, yeah. you talk about this all the time, Will, about these things, you know, a lot of times our emotions are, are actually secondary, right, mm -hmm. to what the real root cause of a problem is yeah. and, and yeah. how often that might be the case that, you know, I'm struggling with my faith, not because not necessarily because of anything that's happening or not happening in my relationship with God, but just because there's so much other stuff going on in it, yeah. and I'm and I'm struggling. I'm just struggling so mightily there. One one of the really interesting things to me is that maybe it maybe this is silly. Maybe maybe somebody would say I'm stupid for saying this, and that's fine because I'm I'm a disaster. So yeah, that's, we are. <laughs> that's life. It's interesting to look throughout history and it just seems like there's no nothing else is attacked quite like mm. the faith. Mm -hmm. So the the history of the Jewish people, um, the, the history of Christianity and the start of the church and post Jesus and, and today. Like if, if you go out into America and you you see atheists going after belief mm -hmm. when have you ever seen them go after anything other than christianity mm -hmm. i mean it happens but not often but it just seems like the one thing that's been trying i mean it, people have been trying to disprove mm -hmm. christianity or or belief in jesus christ for forever mm -hmm. yeah. And it feels like they're the only ones that are in the hot seat. And yeah. to me, there's almost a part of me that sits back and goes, there's got to be an enemy mm -hmm. out there working against, because no other faith has experienced the, the type of persecution that Christianity has. Mm. I, th I think that's such a really good point because I think that that is another example of like, you know, we, we think about evidence or facts or proof in a very different way today than we, we have in through a lot of uh, previous history. Right. You know, when people mm -hmm. were, were making arguments back in the times of like Socrates or, or even, you know, during the Renaissance periods and stuff like that, they had kind of the strength of their arguments and things. And the idea about like, you know, citing your sources or anything like that, that just didn't happen back then. It's, it's only really recently within can, the last, can you imagine that? Daggum Socrates <laughs> yeah. doesn't even, so doesn't even cite his own sources. <laughs> like he, he really didn't. Oh, and of course, <laughs> Of course, Socrates is the is the best example of that because Socrates himself didn't write anything, but Plato writes as Socrates saying, "This is what you would have said, guys." You know, it's yeah. just, it's this hilarious uh, uh, context for yeah. that too. But but that's that is in a lot of ways a really modern idea that I think sometimes gets into our brains about like, well, if I don't have like this this physical proof of something, then you know, then I'm just, I'm just a crazy person, right? I'm just, I, I might as well believe in unicorns or something <laughs> yeah. like that, right? You know, it's like magic that I believe in. But if you think about the way that we make decisions about a lot of other things, like um, legal cases, you know, judgment about like a crime or something like that, there's very rarely the literal smoking gun. It's more about putting together these pieces of evidence and you put it together in enough form that it's kind of like, yeah, this, this is enough for me to, to, mm -hmm. to, to buy into that. One of, one of the things um, that I've started to notice, and, and I guess this is, is this for me personally, but something that stares everybody in the face. Yeah, cool. Is eternity. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, everybody's going to die, and then you're going to be spending eternity somewhere. And I think what tends to be what people just do is they don't want to think about it. They don't yeah. want to contemplate it. They don't want to... Um, accept it you know and, and 
I, I see this in the culture today. And what I've discovered about deconstructions altogether is it's not just like, I changed my mind. I'm now an atheist. You know, it's a gradual over time yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and I could say it's the enemy. I don't know. I just think a big strategy is just let's get people distracted. Let's have them think about other things. Let's have them fo- be focused on so many things in their life. They don't think about the fact that it's going to come to an end and then you're going to spend the rest of eternity somewhere. Mm-hmm. And for someone like me, that scares the heck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to live my life for the rest of eternity over this short hundred years that I have on this earth, you know? If you're lucky. Wow, I mean. If you're yeah, lucky. Somebody's making an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm lucky, you're right. I'm not, probably not. God's going to be like, next year. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm just saying, like, I think it's distractions that people get. The And, and I, I, personally, I can't accept... That when I die, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just for my spirit, for myself. I just, I can't reach that point. Mm-hmm. And I think if someone starts to doubt what the worst thing they could do is just brush it off and have time. And, and just not ask the question, just kind of, oh, well, more doubt, more doubt, more doubt. Like, the best thing you do is find an answer and 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 dig and and just ask and talk to somebody mm-hmm. because then the complacency or the distractions don't get in the way and you just go down the spiral you know um i think it's huge to just challenge you well know? can can i can i play devil's advocate for a second sure. because i i feel like what what a lot of people will go at that that at least cuz i I'm not I don't disagree with you. I think I hear a lot of times, well, you're just you're just inventing hope because the idea of hopelessness is too scary. So in order to make it a little bit easier to live your life, you're going to invent this God who has this right. place for you to go after you die that is right. heaven because it's so much easier to function with with that or to have hope in something rather than just to live to live hopeless yeah. but there is no there, there's not necessarily evidence to anybody actually going to said place mm. and i i think that that that's the hard part in in the wrestling is that it it's more than just i don't want this to be the case because this scares the living daylights out of me but i think it's mm-hmm. also really important for us to get to a place where we admit this is insanely scary Mm -hmm. but my my faith is not about and and i think to your to your point it it is so dangerous when your faith is just Mm fear-based your faith Mm -hmm. is just i don't want to experience this and and i i think that i run into so many people that have such a dysfunctional view of heaven because they view heaven as some type of like reward for them Mm. And it's not, it's, it is, it is a reward in that it is to be with Jesus, but it's, it's not a, you, well done, my good and faithful servant, you can enter the gates because of the way that you live. No, it's like, it's, it's a free gift. And it's like, oh man, I get, I get to be in the presence of Jesus. Like that's, that's what it's about. And it it has nothing to do with what you do here on earth. But what, you know, I, I think some people are like, what, you know, you're you're inventing these things to say to make people feel better about mm-hmm. death when there potentially there there is no hope. And I I think that's where where some people really struggle to say, well, I, or they'll they'll say that your your faith is a crutch. It's a handicapped. Um, you you have to have that otherwise you can't function because then you're hopeless. Mm. What what would you say to somebody like that? And either of you can respond to that. That is a great question. <laughs> I'm like, geez. I mean, for me, and this is the way that I've approached that. And certainly, if anybody, if anybody does happen to be listening to this podcast, and this is something that you're you're kind of wrestling with yourself, I, I mean this more genuinely than I've ever meant any plea to email us. Uh, we we would love to to yeah. hear from you because um, that that is 
that that's more important than just and you're about not, anything you're we not, talk about. You're not alone, and we've been there. Yeah, that's a, that 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 is literally the first thing I would say is that you know I understand where you're coming from to some degree anyway because I was there too. Um, I, I recognize the feeling that there's a fear of hopelessness that when once this is over then 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 there's what? there's nothing you know yeah. and then you think about you know the tragedies that come from people dying far too young or something like that and I'm like what's the point you know yeah. there's a certain nihilism that kind of just takes over there um there's not necessarily a, an easy way through that um and it, and a lot of times it, it happens on an individual basis yeah. you know you can only you can only progress through that journey yourself um the main thing that i tell people when they're when they're kind of facing that is that you know if you if you if you cling to god even in those times something will connect something mm-hmm. will break through um because that's that's what happened with me mm-hmm. is that you know i was i was Keep doubting seeking. but yeah. I, I i stuck around and i was serving and then somebody said something and in that moment i realized god was speaking to me through this this in my mind this airtight logic about we've already mm-hmm. talked about it about the disciples and what they they died for and and in that moment i realized both logically that that was a response, but I also realized emotionally that that was God speaking to me. And so it also kind of brought to bear the, the personal connection that's there. And I think once you feel that, that personal connection, you realize this isn't just something I'm looking forward to. It is something that it is possible to experience now, you know, because of your relationship yeah. with, with Jesus Christ, it can change you. And if you mm-hmm. give that a shot an earnest shot, then, then it is, um, then you have these experiences that, that, that serves as your evidence going forward, too. Um, I, I have an argument that I'm not necessarily ready to, to get 100% behind. Yeah, sure. But there's a part of me that thinks that we are all agnostic and we're just on yeah. different we're on different spectrums of that. And, and what I mean by agnostic is just means that you, we don't know. We don't know. We, yeah, we don't know. I mean, literally. Yeah. And I, I think that to, to claim to be either or um, can be a, a little bit foolish because I think to have some type of experience or to read some type of fact and then like shut yourself off mm-hmm. and say, okay, this happened. God cannot be real. I will never, I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. And I think it's just as dangerous to do the opposite is to say, oh, this happened in my life. That means God is a hundred percent real. I'm never going to consider anything because what you're doing, I I think the danger of that is, is that you're not allowing yourself to process your doubt because you're going to have doubt naturally. So if you don't actually like think about it and process it and continue to seek Jesus, this is where I was going to go for my final thought, but let's just, let's just do it now. And hopefully I'll, (laughs) hopefully another one will pop up. But I, I think that that scripture is so powerful that says, if you seek Jesus and you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. Mm-hmm. And I think for everybody who's listening and for all of us, like that that's the key. Continue yeah. to seek Jesus. It doesn't mean that you can't read the Book of Mormon. It doesn't mean you can't read Taoism or, or, or any kind of other thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't open yourself up. But what you have to do is you have to say, okay, Father God, if you are out there, if you are real, I need you to, to be my... Um, uh, bullcrap detector, a guide, you know, right? yeah, 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 my yeah. guide, help, help me figure out what, what is true and what is holy and what is right. And, and there's some of that, that we lean on the Holy spirit to fill our lives and kind of guide and direct us and show us the truth of, of what, what is and what is not mm-hmm. and what matters mm-hmm. and what doesn't. And it's easy for us to, I mean, even within the faith, you believe the faith, I believe in Jesus Christ, but you can get so caught up in the wrong things yeah. and it'd be like, well, Evan, you're, you're not following the Ten Commandments, so see you later, dude. No, it's my it's just my job to love you. Yeah. You know, regardless of, of who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. I think with people who are facing hopelessness, I think I mean it's hard to say, here's how you get hope. But I think what you have to do is say, What would happen if you did? Mm. What would happen if you acted in faith? Mm-hmm. What would happen if you still trusted in God? And then I, I, I mean, I faced that personally where like, it's just, it's a hard season when COVID started, couldn't see people. I mean, I'm an, I'm an outgoing person. So mm-hmm. what, wait, there's extrovert, the, extrovert, I'm an extrovert. And it's just like 
so much just depression was filled in my life and I'm like I want to give up you know it's not that I want to give up on life it was just I, I'm, I'm tired of you're feeling lost yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm just like but what would happen if I stayed faithful what would happen if I continued my faith in God and, mm-hmm. and hoped and the fruit was immense like just being able to get through that season not only did it strengthen my faith but God seem to be faithful in that and and i i believe that where i am now is a product of i went through that season and i chose not to back down i chose chose not to give up do you think that there's like church culture or church experience or where people are shamed for their doubt i was at 100 i was i was thinking the along the exact same lines i think there is a certain amount and evan you kind of referenced it too early on and when we mm-hmm. first started talking about this question right you know that there certainly was i almost feel like maybe it was just in certain denominations maybe it's just certain churches maybe it's generational mm-hmm. or whatever there was a certain amount like if you if you kind of question any part of the bible then you know you're kind of told oh don't do that don't talk like that you know that yeah. that's that's bad you know and and almost as if just asking the question means that you know satan's going to get in or something like that mm-hmm. and all that does is really kind of create this kind of weird relationship now it's like oh so i'm not supposed to interrogate this i'm not supposed to understand it on a deeper level you know, it's like, yeah. and so in that way, it actually inhibits, it limits, it restricts yeah. your ability well, to. It grow restricts deeper. God too, because it's yeah. like, well, your God's not big enough to handle your doubt yeah. or right, your yeah. anger or your frustration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is silly. I, I would say that I hit a point with a specific story in Scripture with with the flood, where mm-hmm. I was just like, I had a really hard time wrapping my mind around that story. And to your point, Evan, I, I think that. I continued to read it. I continued to pray and ask God for clarification. Yeah. God, I'm wrestling with this. I don't understand how you could do this. Mm-hmm. And there was just something that happened in life um, as I continued to pray and ask for clarification where I was living in Florida and I heard about this disease that orange trees get gets. That was bad English. <laughs> A disease that an orange tree can receive called canker and it is highly contagious. And if a farmer knows that, you know, one tree has it, they'll outline a mile around that tree and they'll burn it all to the ground wow. just to prevent from losing the whole crop. Yeah. And that was the moment mm-hmm. that it clicked yeah. that the flood was actually an act of love mm-hmm. because God could have easily, he's a creator, right? Yeah. He could have easily said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm wiping them all out. But he didn't do that. He said, I wanted, I want this heritage, these people to have a future and a hope. So I'm going to take a family. And it's, and it's not like anybody that wasn't willing or that there was room on the boat for more. Right. You know, other people could have gotten on the boat. They chose not to. But at the same time, those people died so that we could be here today mm-hmm. so that we would have a future and a hope. And, and, and whether or not you're wrestling with that and whether or not you agree with me, that doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, is that if you are struggling with something, ask God to give you mm-hmm. clarification and it did not happen right away. Right. But he did eventually answer that prayer. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think all, I mean, science itself is all based on question, you know? Yeah. Like, like, why is this? Why, what are we made of, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think when, maybe that's, that's some of the backlash that we get as a church is, well, then don't question. And it's yeah. like, so people who are logical are thinking, well, well what do I do now? You know, yeah. it makes, it makes it seem like, oh, so this isn't for me, I guess then, you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, if I'm not allowed to question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think th- I think what's really kind of encouraging to me, and, and maybe it's always been there. You know, again, it, it could have just been my experiences as a, a as a child or, or whatever. But I think there are kind of a, I don't know more elevated attitudes towards how science is not diametrically opposed to you know uh, understanding God's glory or beauty or anything, but actually gives us better insight into the creation of the world and then helps us to understand, you know, how thing how these all these incredible systems work and just this idea. It's like, how does this work and not just fall apart? Yeah. It it almost belies a, a designer, right? Yeah. I, I think it, it it strongly suggests it, you yeah, know, yeah. not not disproves it. It's yeah. it, it, it you know is evidence for it, um, yeah. which is exciting stuff. And and when you kind of have a little bit of freedom to be able to question and, and explore it in that lens, I think 
that makes it seem less taboo, you know, mm-hmm. just this idea about questioning or doubting or anything yeah. like that. And and again, it doesn't feel like, oh, I've got to make a decision, and my decision is I, I don't believe anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I also think with science, like, they, they have so many theories, but the reason why their theories are not fact is because they still haven't answered all the questions. Yeah. You know, and I think there's... Because some enough, of it's not observable. Not It's not observable. Yeah. Yeah. It's faith, <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, it's something they can't see. And so in the same vein of my belief, like the heavens and the earth being created in seven days, like, yeah, it's 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 crazy to me. And you, you also said God is outside of the bounds of time, and it's just like yeah. there's just something we can't explain mm-hmm. that's probably so magnificent that when we read it on a piece of paper in five verses, we're yeah. like... What? <laughs> well, and, and like you yeah. said, like not only are we bound in time, but like how we measure time, and and can can we really know that when we test the the Earth, that it's you know that it is as old as our whatever our processes tell us? I mean, yeah. it, it's just an estimate. But at the same time, what are you you're saying? Our God is not creative enough to be able to create something that is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Old. Right. Like, right. Right. I mean. Yeah. It's, it just kind of blows my mind that you you're you're trying to you're trying to take God and shove him in a little box mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and explain him and it's like dude you if you're going to believe in God mm-hmm. at some level aren't you going to believe that he's smarter he's capable mm-hmm. yeah right. <laughs> you know that that he can I mean I there's so many times in stories that I've done that where I'm like trying to like explain it away like the walls of Jericho where I'm like okay you know, God knew that if they walked around this many times, it would loosen the soil yeah, right, right, right. and the trumpets at the right, you know, resonance right would, pitch, sure. or, yeah, at the That's right so cool. pitch. And <laughs> and I felt like God was like, no, dude, you idiot. It was me. <laughs> like they were obedient and I knocked the walls down. I love it. Yes. Like, you don't, why are you trying to make sense out of a miracle? Yeah. Like I, I stepped in yeah. and I made the difference. But. Yeah, and I think I think it all goes back to Jesus. You know, I, I think him and his life and what he says and how he, I mean, he's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Matthew is basically the bridge that says, this dude's the answer. He's the answer to what all the prophets are saying and all the foreshadowing that happens within Genesis and Exodus and the 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 sheep blood for the plague you know like it's all just like pointing straight to him but also he's proving that that also happened you know yeah like they coincide and and therefore since jesus was here jesus did these things and i believe the very beginning that god created the heavens and the earth and the walls of jericho and the flood you know that all happened yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely well we uh We've dived into this a lot. I don't know that we've gotten any uh, surefire answers, but we've we've had great conversation. I think it's it's probably a good time for us to transition into the most important question, mm-hmm. and I guess I can do that for us today. And that is that we normally come back in our on our fifth episodes to ask the question, "What has God been teaching you lately?" Mm-hmm. So, uh, is there uh, either one of you guys that? that want to take that first i can start us off on this um so uh it's been it's been a couple of uh kind of crazy weeks in the old uh norman uh family and um and and you know some some kind of trials and and tribulations some loss and things like that and you know i was kind of i i you know how like when when you go through when you go through a rough season sometimes you come out of it and you feel like you're kind of on fire for God and it's mm-hmm. like you know oh man he saw me through this and it's like man I'm 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 ready to 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 take on the world or whatever and you know I guess one of the things that kind of jumped out to me when when kind of you know when when some family members got some bad news and stuff like that was just how how immediately emotionally painful it was mm-hmm. right away again um, and, and, and it's not to say that it caused me to doubt or anything like that, but I was just, I was just feeling it so painfully for a little while. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I kind of was like, oh man, I, what is this, what does this mean about my journey? What does this mean about, you know, is it just that I had faith when, when things were going, you know, good or something like that? And now the, the, the really kind of 
great thing is that, you know, that that kind of despair that I felt upon getting some bad news kind of kind of passed pretty quickly, um, relatively speaking. And then I felt like a certain amount of like, um, I don't know, that like God was putting on my heart this idea. It's like, you know, you you have the opportunity to be there for some people that, that, that need you right now because of these things that you've gone through. It's okay that you feel sad about something. It's okay that you're uncertain or fearful about what might happen in the future. But Matt, you also have perspective on this that some people that are going through something for the first time um, do not have. So that was that, that was kind of the thing that I felt like God was really teaching me and, and teaching my wife, Tara, in particular, because she, she's felt it even more, you know, personally, just from, from battles with cancer and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like this, this really powerful lesson that, that everything we go through is preparation for something mm-hmm. and for someone probably, you yeah. know, we have an opportunity from that. And, and it's hard to, you know, as it says in the Bible, count all, all, all trials as joy or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but it's like, I think that's kind of what it, that, 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 that's part of what it means when it says that is that, you know, there is, you know, the, the testing that you get gives you the opportunity to do something great in the future. Mm-hmm. Something will, can be done with this. And that serving connects you to that joy yeah. in a real mm-hmm. way. And it, and it, cause it's like, you're on the other side of it and being able to walk alongside somebody just as it, it makes it feel like all, all that I went through wasn't for nothing. Yes, yeah. exactly right. Exactly right. So that was really important for me this week. I've been, I've been really, really resting in that fact and it gives me That's a cool. lot of comfort. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Evan, what about you, man? Um, well, uh, season I'm in, um, I mean, I'm in a constant state of change. I think I will be for the rest of this year, if not the next couple of years, you know. It's just uh, getting into this position here at this church and, and just growing into that, getting the youth group in a place. And um, I think what I, I'm learning is, and, and I've always been a good advocate for change. I always loved change, but... I am starting to learn that change is constant and there's some things that I hold on to that I love so much. And, and it's just like in youth ministry, like I, I want it to be a certain way or, or this is what I think will work. This is what we'll do. But I think God's kind of just challenging my whole thoughts of like, yeah, but what if you change that? You know? And I'm like, but what? I love this. This is, this is my thing. This is, this is how it'll do. This is what I've seen it work in the past and God's like, yeah, but what if it's different? Mm. What if this is not exactly what works here? And I think it's with all aspects of my life with where I live, my hobbies, my, my time. I just think change is just constant. And, and I'm almost learning to fall in love with it. Just the fact that a year from now, I mean, I could be a completely different person Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who's grown more in just who I am. Hopefully more towards Jesus. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I, I say that because that's how I feel the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, and maybe maybe we're just on that journey together here on staff here, but yeah. it's just, I just can tell God is just changing a lot, a lot mm-hmm. in this church, a lot, a lot in our lives. And, and I think it's all been good. Like, I just, I feel... Yeah good about it. I feel comfortable um, in that state yeah, I think one of the things that maybe sometimes we don't necessarily appreciate is that when you when you go into a new context and even if you attempt to do status quo you are a different personality and you are a different person and so there's these slight things that you do differently that you don't have a context to the fact of how it was done before Mm -hmm. because you weren't here before because you're stepping into a role where no one was filling that role Mm -hmm. and you don't really get the, the, you don't really get to see how that was. I mean, you, people can tell you about it, Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes you're right. I think change makes us a little bit nervous and uncomfortable, even if it's not, huge change Mm -hmm. simply because it's it's just it's just a little bit different different. and yeah we we like we like status quo to you know to some degree and and some of us love chaos and and trying things different that that's kind of my my heart is always like 
let's let's try it differently. And if it doesn't work out, we can always go back to yeah. the way we were doing it before. But we have to be able to take risks mm-hmm. to to do something something different and new. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. And, and I think that our our spiritual life is like that too, because that's how we get deeper. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And there's always mm-hmm. going to be parts of our life that God has to speak into and say, "Hey, now that you've kind of gotten better here." Let's start diving over into this aspect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I always say when change comes and, and you just start to get uncomfortable, I always just ask myself, am I desiring to honor God with my life? Am mm. I desiring to yeah. to be in his will? And when I ask that, <laughs> be in God's will. <laughs> yeah. I pointed to myself for those of you that are not in the room. The, my man G-dubs. <laughs> That's what they call me on the pickleball course. <laughs> and by um, they, I mean no one. <laughs> I'm going to call you that from here on. But it's when you're when you're in God's will, like you don't have to worry. You, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you made a call and, and it didn't seem to work, like you're fine. Yeah. You're, you're going to get through it. God's going to guide you through it. It's not like God's going to be like, uh, you want to follow me? I'm not going to help you get there. You know, <laughs> like, of course he will. And and he wants you to succeed, and I think that's awesome. That's great. That's great. Will, what about you? What's God teaching you this week? Guess that leaves me. I came across a uh, scripture a couple weeks ago that really, I guess, burdened my my heart and just allowed me to take a little bit of a deep dive into thinking about how I choose to live and. It's it's funny, I've been reading through Psalms, and I'm not a Psalms guy. Sometimes I'm just like, dude, I'm so tired of hearing these guys whine about something. Like I'm definitely I'm definitely a Proverbs guy. Like yeah, I'm, I I tend to be more logical than than heart focused. But I I really feel like Lord's kind of working on me to to see some of the powerful things that are in Psalms. Other than you know, yeah, there's obviously like the big you know the Psalms that we hear often. But there's other stuff in there, and this is Psalm 59, 15 and 16. It says, They wander about for food and growl if they don't get their fill. But I will sing of your strength, and I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. And I don't know if this was necessarily intentional. I I think that David, if he is the author, I I think he is, but who knows? He writes so many of them, some of them he doesn't, but there's this sense that I looked in introspective. Mm-hmm, is that the right mm-hmm, word? Mm-hmm. At my own, I looked at the English professor. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I look into my own life and say, which one am I? Am, am I living a life where I'm growling because I want more or I need more or I'm not satisfied? Or am I living a life that sings regardless? Like, am I, am I content enough with my relationship with Jesus where I can wake up in the morning and regardless of my circumstances, I can sing because I got Jesus, Yeah, you know, and and that's so much easier to say than actually live out. But I just, that I feel like he's really teaching me to just lean into that thought process and to be self-critical and say, okay, today I, I did a little bit too much growling Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I, I needed, I need fresh perspective and tomorrow I want to make, I want to, I want to be somebody that sings, yeah. you know, and you, you think about like, no, I mean, some people actually do sing. Um, some people walk through the aisles of the grocery store and can't help but dance, but that's just life. Mm. I'm one wow. of those people. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and I embarrassed to live in daylights out of my family. It's fun. <laughs> but for the most part, people just don't go walk around singing or people don't actually walk around growling, but think about how, what it would be like to to interact with somebody like that where <laughs> you see them and they're like literally mm-hmm. growling how awkward mm-hmm. that would be <laughs> <laughs> but that is how awkward it is to be around people who oh, yeah. are just so hungry that they're just i have to complain about everything and this is not good enough and i'm going to complain about mm-hmm. this and i'm going to be mad about this and like man just sing yeah Buddy, I love the way you're you're describing that because you're exactly right. There are just too many people aren't literally 
grumbling or singing, growling or singing, but but they're they're giving off that energy, yeah. right? You know, and you know it when you see it. You know it when you talk to them. Just the way that they say something, you're kind of like, oh boy, you know. And it's like yeah. that's not, for one thing, that's not fun to be around. But it also it's it's so counterproductive to you know your own mental well being and the and the mental well being of, of everyone around you too. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's an easy trap to fall into. So I, I love that. I love yeah. that challenge. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. All right, guys, final thoughts. What you got? Um, I have, uh, I have two. Um, one is, can that, I steal one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just came up with both of them in the last minute. So it's, uh, you know, these are not the most fully fleshed out thoughts, but the first Pressure. one was that, um, the, the idea of uncertainty kind of kept, coming up in a lot of our conversation here today and you know you kind of have a choice when, when you're faced with uncertainty you can you can kind of be battered around by it you know and and then i think inevitably when that happens you'll you'll make the wrong you'll make a bad decision you know or you can be you can you can kind of turn back to to god and be very intentional about how you view it you know it's mm-hmm. it's like you were saying evan about like you know you can ignore it and hope that it goes away it probably won't and it'll probably get much worse you know you'll 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 then kind of resist it in, in some subtle yeah way um so that's really i mean just critical about like you know when when you're in that circumstance whether it be you know an internal doubting situation or just life that's just going crazy you know don't 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 let yourself kind of be like you know hit around like that you know as much as you can kind of take control through prayer and through uh you know just being being um thoughtful about the circumstances not not dwelling in the the uncertainty too much and being um, scared of that even just yeah. just recognizing it for what it is um, my other one is that there are other podcast guys that where they talk about the bible and spirituality and faith it's not just ours 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 isn't the only one I, wow what a this is sobering That's yeah awesome. that, was, that was just us too we're groundbreaking <laughs> no we're not <laughs> yeah, well uh, we'll let you get away with that what okay, about you sorry. having any, any, uh, yeah, any takeaway uh well i just I just want to encourage my my final thought is that faith and hope um, is only found in Jesus. Mm. Um, I think it's cool. I think one of the biggest traps is trying to find hope and faith in other people, yeah. or uh, a leader, mm-hmm. or your church. Mm. And I've seen it so many times. It only leads to disappointment. Yeah, that's that's a great thought too. And just how how often. Maybe people deconstruct their faith simply because their faith was never really in Jesus. Yeah. But it was in a parent. It was in mm-hmm. a Youth person. Pastor, yeah. Pastor. yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a big fear for me as a pastor is like, yeah, I don't want to be the disappointment that leads someone away from Jesus. You're like, that, listen, I'm just so awesome. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, people are going to love me and not Jesus. Well, yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I just see the. No, com- I, I hear you. I see the comments Jesus makes about that. And yeah. I'm like, it's scary. It's sobering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what about I, you, Will? I'm, I'm going to go with just what, one of the things that I guess it's not necessarily a, an epiphany moment, but just how much feeling goes into faith mm-hmm. and how dangerous that can be because you you just can't you can't operate your life based on how you feel in the moment because it's it's always changing and and it probably is more so evident in uh some type of uh, romantic relationship where you know you love somebody but you don't always feel that mm-hmm. way necessarily mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm not going to go to my wife and say I don't feel love today so bye <laughs> yeah it's like so it's over yeah you know? so i guess i guess you're not the one you know guess i gotta find somebody else now well i just want to say evan thank you so much for for joining us yeah, yeah thank thanks you for, having for being here i'm a big fan yeah so of both of you personally well i appreciate that which would you say is your favorite episode that you've listened to of the podcast? I've only um, listened to the first one. <laughs> so the first one. <laughs> the first Wait, one's I listened like, to one in the car with you. A little bit, yeah. When it, while a captive audience, yeah, you yeah, also yeah, listened yeah, to another yeah. You were forced one. to listen okay. to an episode. Which was good. I mean, the question of like the, the dead person that you'd want to talk to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You rocked it. Yeah. Oh, Tolkien, baby. Tolkien. 
I felt like not I, a fan of Lord of the Rings after he said that. I was like, darn it. Yeah. Mm. Way to fail, Tolkien. I am. Um, he rolled over in his grave. Probably did. <laughs> so probably probably oh, did. Man. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, hope to see you next time. Hey, have a great week, everybody. Bye. Peace. <laughs>